Welcome to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Think outside the box. Loose cannon. Dead as a doornail. Plenty of fish in the sea. Ignorance is bliss. Like a kid in a candy store. Every rose has its thorn. The pot calling the kettle black. The grass is always greener on the other side. There, a tiny list of a few cliches. Hey, even my cat ran away. She was on my lap and she dashed away as soon as I started reciting cliches because she thought to herself, why is my cat mother doing this, torturing me with these stale, overused expressions? So my grr for season four, and believe me, I have a host of them in my head these days, but this one is on the tip of my brain because last night I went to a performance, a production that was multimedia, and I got quite irked not very far into it because I felt like the quality of everything was really high in terms of the production value, the lighting, the stage design, the dancing, the costumes, the singing, the pretty much everything except the writing. Now, it was a a cultural production, shall we say, where uh, according to the individual I went to this production with, uh, I should be a little bit more mm, sensitive in terms of the fact that perhaps this particular culture seeks to communicate in this way by stringing cliches together and writing in tired idioms and, you know, utilizing the kind of predictable ways of phrasing things that we've become so used to through our news. Uh, you know, we're killing the planet. Um, you know, the, the, the earth is our mother. Um, you know, uh, women are, are power. You know, the, the, the womb is the source of life. I mean, all, all these kind of notions and ideas that, well, they may very well be true. Uh, this is not an effective way to express that. So, you know, you go back to the old chestnut, also a cliche, um, show, don't tell. What does that mean? It means that you can't, as I'm always telling my students, effectively convey emotion, feeling, energy through what you're writing unless you, first of all, create details that are connected to the senses and, most importantly, that you enter language in a way that it's not commonly used in everyday speech unless you're trying to, uh, you know, in a, in a story, say, represent how people talk in everyday speech. That's a whole different, you know, situation. But I'm talking about wanting to express something that is very potent and very essential and it's 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 a it's an ethical concern in the end and that might seem grandiose but the fact is is that if you use clichés and tired language and you don't think through what you're saying fully and you don't truly develop your narrative in a way that seems organic and you you don't think about your form and your line breaks and your diction and your 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 strong verbs and so on and so forth as well as 
getting rid of cliches, then essentially you're letting down your subject matter. And if your subject matter is something that is, well, you know, any subject matter, but if you're trying to convey something about killing the planet and violence against women and so forth, these subjects require even more work to get them across to your audience, to your listeners, to your viewers, to your readers, uh, so that they can truly feel the emotion that is behind every urge towards action and change. So uh, cliches uh, come from French, of course, and their literal denotation uh, was a convenience of printing. So you used a cliché if you wanted to produce multiple printed copies, and a cliché was a stereotype block-bearing text. So this connects to its notion of an invariable and reusable expression, a phrase or opinion that is overused and has no original thought, a trite phrase, or... Um, a popular or common thought or idea that has lost originality, ingenuity, and impact by long overuse. So we have the um, constant barrage and onslaught of uh, media in our ears and eyes and minds, and we become essentially infected by this virus of dead speech. And I mean, just in the recent years of the pandemic, we heard the same phrases over and over and over again, and uh, we end up regurgitating them. Uh, this is very common in, in speech and, and perhaps, you know, oral culture, uh, those who don't read are going to always fall into that mode as a way of seemingly trying to express themselves because they're not going to be as critical. Um, in terms of having read a variety and range of different types of writing that aims to break through those habits and patterns. Uh, there's this good quote from John Hawks I found where he says, my fear now is of cliche, of complacency, of not being able to feel authenticity in myself and those around me. And this is absolutely essential. You know, as I was saying, it's an ethical act to write in a way that is as original as you can, you know, write. And this doesn't mean that you aren't a product of all your sources and influences. But as a writer, I've always felt that my first uh, calling was to try to convey and communicate and connect in ways that weren't tired and old and overdone and what everybody else can do. This is why writing is so much harder than so many of the other arts because we use language every day. People don't paint every day or dance every day or sing every day, but every day people use language. So we have much a much harder task to um, get ourselves to a place where we are actually expressing uh, what we desire to communicate in a way that hasn't been said before or not in that particular way. And especially around subjects like grief and love and death, uh, all, all, these, all these things that have been talked about a bazillion times, uh, written about you know, forever, 
um, you know, even Ezra Pound's notion of make it new, you know, he actually snitched from, you know, a, a, a Chinese emperor in the, the Shang dynasty. So, uh, you know, nothing, as they say, is new under the sun. Again, another cliche. But the fact is, is you have to work. This is your work as a writer, as a poet, especially to refresh and reinvigorate and re-energize, you know, our language so that we can feel and see and, and act anew. Uh, you know, you go back to, to pound again with, you know, don't use language in a way that is dulled. Don't be abstract. Don't say things like dim land of peace. You can't see anything there. You can't, your senses aren't awake and alive. You can't feel anything there. And so then how can you act? How can I feel outraged at uh, an expressed death or at a manifested passion if the language is not utilized in a new invigorated way? I was writing a poem this morning. I'll, I'll end with this. And I was trying to, I'm doing, doing an experiment called uh, Imagine Communities from the Benedict Anderson notion, translated into poetry, where I'm looking at all my muses over the past 25 years and how they connect to my current weird uh, source of inspiration, um, Fisher-Price toys from mostly the, the 30s to the 70s. And I write in this piece... So people used to ask, what do you write about? And my brain would fall blank as first, subject matter is the end. Never the poem's why, but form, sound, that music. And second, it is limitless and a mystery and everywhere. Who can know what might stare one into a poem, shake those cliched foundations stolen from the regurgitated world, and wake you to newness. So that's just a fragment from the piece that I'm working with where I'm constantly in the process of questioning how am I going to keep writing in a way that doesn't just challenge me, but makes me feel that I'm capable still of moving those who listen to me, not in some sentimentalized way, but in some way where I am truly bonding with them through my ability to refresh sounds and words and concepts and images and all those building blocks of uh, language, of poetry. And so, you know, you think even of like Robert Frost's notion of, uh, you know, use form, because if you don't use form, free verse is like writing uh, is like playing tennis with the net down. So if you extrapolate that to using cliches, there's the sense that you need to constantly keep your net up in a way. You need to keep your guard up, to use another cliche. See, our language is absolutely full of them. And so when we're writing, we have to be conscious and aware. And I demand more. I, I don't know why it seems like so many don't and consider it a form of snobbery or elitism to not just desire that from language, but require it. Because this is what we are demanded of as creators in the world. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics, Poetry Outlaws. Don't forget to support her on Patreon and stay fierce, word musicians.